Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hey, photographers, it's Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Hey, guys, how y'all doing this morning? Pretty good, pretty good. We're getting excited. We got big plans to travel. This will be my first travel next week in the new year. I don't think you guys have traveled either, have you? I haven't. Well, technically, I have, kind of. <laughs> technically. <laughs> <laughs> What's the technicality there, Phyllis? Well, I guess that goes into what we've been up to. I guess I could go ahead and tell you what I've been up to. I celebrated my birthday and rang in the new year in the Smokies. Aww. So technically, yes, I have been on one trip, although it was only by truck. But yeah, we went up and had a great three days in the Smokies and hiked and ate and played games and hiked and ate some more. Oh, that sounds and, uh, nice. It was really fun. Enjoyed it. We had a Airbnb that was on the lake and got to have a fire around the fire pit and watch fireworks right over the lake. It was so nice. We really enjoyed it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, happy birthday. Well, happy you. belated birthday. It's just another another day. Another day, another year. But yeah, but it's good to be <laughs> above ground, I guess. It's nice being in your 30s. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's not exaggerate. Now, Carrie, you know I'm not older than 40. <laughs> you and I, yeah. same age. <laughs> yeah, I'm 30, uh, yeah, other than that, Yeah, well, I'm older than you too. So if I'm 40, there you go. But now I'm just happy to be back. Well, I'm kind of happy to be back to everyday life and our 2023 getting ready for our upcoming trip to Art of the Cowgirl in Arizona, doing the scheduling, talking to participants with did a Zoom call the other night with Kim and them and trying to close out the year with some office work and unfortunately having to get ready for tax work. I'll be updating my website soon. So I've been discussing some of that with my website person, Denise, with Storm Lily, which that's a good subject to talk about this week, y'all. Yeah, it's kind of the topic well, for the whole great, call. It's kind of great timing. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you two been up to? Well, I've been preparing for Art of the Cowgirl as well, but it's been a little different. My son has been homesick. Hmm. He has had strep throat and flu B all at the same time. So he tested positive for both of those. So I've been doing that kind of like working in between momming all for the last week. So he went back to school today, which is why we're finally able to record and get moving. So good to hear. And prepping for Art of the Cowgirl. So we leave next Monday, right? So it's been a mad dash to try to determine what we need to get there for our booth. And I know you guys are working on all the 
the material and the plan for the workshop participants. Um, but I've been thinking about things like getting the booth stuff together, like, you know, just trying to think about that a little bit. So I sent a bunch of stuff in the mail earlier this week that'll hopefully beat us there. And then also planning for the Horses on the Beach workshop, which is always super stressful for me. But all the plans are coming together. Models, I believe, are worked out or putting together the final touches on wardrobe. Lots of beach practice has been happening. So really interesting. Like a lot of the gals are going out to the beach on their own to practice this year, which has been awesome. And then I've been on the portrait side of things. I have been designing albums for the last two weeks. So these are some holdover albums from just some stuff that's for post-holiday. So Designing photo albums is one of those things that I don't love, but they sell really well and you can mark them up pretty decently. So I do sell a lot of albums and I've been designing them. I feel like I've been designing, doing nothing but designing albums for the last couple of weeks. And then it's that time of year where, you know, you have to go back and review vendor pricing so that I can determine if I need to raise my product pricing so or change my product pricing. So I have been going through basically my artwork guide page by page and determining which products sold for me well last year, which ones need to go, what do I want to add to the offering, and then also looking at the pricing and determining if the pricing is correct for my product guide. So it's kind of that time of year where I'm not uber busy shooting, but I'm starting to meet with clients. Like I've got a client meeting today, getting their sessions planned because we do in Florida, we do a lot of shooting between now and late spring just to try to beat the heat and beat the bugs and all of that. So it's actually a really cool time and I'm happy my son went back to school today. I know he was happy to get back, but now I can sit down and really focus and I'll feel so much better after getting a little more organized today. What about you, Kim? So yeah, I I, um, got woken up from my lull of working on my business and I guess it wasn't a lull. I was being very productive during that time. But 2023 kind of stepped through the door and said, I'm here. You need to get down on working with clients. (laughs) And so it has been just nonstop meetings for me since the second. I mean, I, I told everybody that's when I was coming back in the office officially and Boy, they took me up on it. It's just they held been, you to it. They held me to it. <laughs> I have had nothing going on but client <laughs> meetings and networking events. And this year is coming in big and bold and wonderful and lots of activity and business moving forward. And I, of course, have been also getting all of the things together for Art of the Cowgirl. I've been getting all of the art for the booth ordered and sent. Mm-hmm. And I designed some new brochures for us and put together a postcard. And so all of those things have been coming together and then com- and doing the same with Phyllis. We've both been communicating with the participants that are going to be at that event. And uh, it was so fun to to do the Zoom the other night and get to get to preview who was coming and and meet them and hear about some of their goals and get to know them a little bit before they get to the event. I'm so excited to get to meet them in person and get them shooting and get them their press passes and get going with that. So that's a fun and exciting thing to to think about. So yeah, just a lot of craziness going on here as far as like just activity, 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 which I love. I love the action. Well, I love how Phyllis mentioned in her 
kind of early intro that she's working on her website right now because that is what we're talking about today, right? It is. Websites for photographers. Yes, it is. It certainly is. It is. We didn't have a big discussion about this ahead of time, but I guess I'm going to go first since I have a lot of the, you guys have some nice detailed information for folks. I've got some preliminary stuff for those of you who don't know, in all of my multi-competencies, website design is one of them. It is not something that I typically do anymore, except for myself and our shared organizations. So like I do Cowgirls with Cameras website and the Business Animal website and those kind of things. She's saying don't try to hire her. That's, that's basically what I am saying. <laughs> I also wrote a few years ago, I wrote a course for a specific group of people that are not photographers. Someday I may get around to doing it for photographers. But I wrote a specific course on how to do content for your website and then how to build a website. Uh, learn how to be a webmaster is basically what I taught people how to do. And that course is still going today. And I'm going to be honest, I think I've crossed, I haven't done the actual number work, but I think that course now has crossed six figures, which I am like super proud of. So it was a much, very much a labor of love in starting out with it. And then it became something so much more. And in the process, I learned so much about developing a website from a business owner's perspective. Now, that doesn't mean I hadn't done that for my own businesses and I haven't done it for clients for many years, but I went through this process where I helped people make a lot of decisions on their own. In other words, I didn't do it for them. And I learned a lot in that process about what it feels like on the other side of the coin when you don't have all the answers about how websites come together. And I want to cover a few things that I learned as far as wisdom during that. This has been going on, I think this is my fourth year with that course. And again, it's for a very specific target market. It doesn't have a lot of latitude for just like anybody to be in it, but it was very much where I gained a lot of this wisdom. The first thing I want to talk to you guys about is if you're listening to this episode and you're wondering, do I need a website? That is a question that I often get asked, especially in my entrepreneurial classes. I have people say, do I really need a website? We have social media. We have all of these things these days that allow us to be able to communicate with people or have some type of a digital footprint without a website. And my answer to that question is if you're going to be legitimate with this at all, and by legitimate at all, I mean if it's your side hustle and you're selling two jobs a year, that means you're legitimately a professional photographer if you're accepting money for that. Yes, you do need a website. You don't necessarily need a website that serves the client their images, but you do need a website that shows that you have a presence online. Google, which is the way that we find people these days, is attached to a website. In other words, you need to have some type of a digital web presence in order for Google to even index who you are. And if you're going to market at all, a website is key. I don't know about the two of you, but I would not hire a photographer to come work with me that didn't have a website. I would not feel that that photographer was taking their business seriously. And believe it or not, I do hire photographers from time to time. I've hired one to come do a branding shoot here at my business later this year. So I would not have hired her had I not been able to go to her website and see her work. 
So the answer to that question is, yes, you absolutely do need a website if you want to be paid as a photographer. If you want to hang your shingle out, even as a part-time photographer, you do need one. And social media content, you don't own that. So that's on a platform that's owned by someone else. So it makes total sense that you would want to have a website that you have control over, right, Kim? Absolutely. And you also need control over who you contact. That's another thing people think they can skate away from having an email list, like keeping an email database because they have social media. And I'm sorry, but I don't want Facebook in between my conversations between me and my client. That's not fair because Facebook gets to make the rules. My clients don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. Facebook makes the rules. And that doesn't make sense to me. I want to be able to communicate with my clients very efficiently. So I have a CRM or an email marketing software to allow me to do that. Your website's the same. People check it out. I mean, it's it's a given these days that companies have websites. I mean, that's just how we go about doing business. So the second question I get is how long is it going to take for that website to get done? And I always tell people when they ask me that question, I'm like, if you have all your T's crossed, your I's dotted, you know your business, you know your ideal customer, you have all of your stuff set up, you know what you want to put on the site, I can sit down and do a website for you in a few hours. But the thing is, is that you probably don't have those pieces in place, okay? The reality is, is if this is your first website or you're heading into a big website redo because you've grown your business or you've decided a little bit better on a tarmac for your photography business, there's a lot of questions in there and a lot of places that you don't know what you don't know yet or you don't have the things created for that. So this is not a project that you can think about on a Friday afternoon and have done by a Monday morning. Unless you really know what you're doing, you've got to give yourself a little bit of latitude to get this project done. Just out of curiosity, how long did it take for you guys to launch? Both of you have had one of you getting a website redo, but both of you have had a lot of updates on your sites in the last year. How long did it take you to get the site that you currently have up finished? Yeah, I would say it probably was three to four weeks. And the reason I say that is not because, like you said, the person that was working on it, Denise at Storm Lily, which we'll give some kudos to her soon, but that she, it wasn't, it wasn't her end. It was, a lot of it was because I had questions I had Mm -hmm. to answer so that she could do her job. And it took me a little bit of time to work and process through some of those questions. So for me, I would say it probably took about four weeks. Okay. That's actually very, very quick. That's a great website turnaround. Denise is very on it, so I can see that. Phyllis, how about you? Well, in the past, the previous website designers that I had, that I worked with, it took longer than that, probably more like, oh, over the course of two or three months. And again, some of that was my fault for not getting what they needed to them quick enough or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, and then I think as photographers, too, is sometimes knowing what images are best going to relate to what you want people, you know, to the audience you're looking for. So trying to call through images to find the, the best ones, because you don't want to overload your site with, with work, but you need to have the right amount of work. So it's kind of a fine line. And then having the right imagery that really draws people to you. Like I said, a lot of it was my issues, just calling, trying to look through images and get just the right images to put on the website. 
And I've been doing this for so long. I'm really bad. If you look through my portfolios on my website right now, they are so out of date. I mean, they they reflect work I've been doing that I've done so long ago and none, none of my really recent work. So I've been really bad about that. And that's why I'm hiring Denise to give me the kickstart to get my button gear. <laughs> so, and I highly recommend that too. Yeah. So I think both Phyllis and Kara are going to recommend to you that this is an endeavor that you maybe need to get some help on. I spend a lot of time with DIY website builders. So that's what I wrote the course for is the people who want to do it themselves. So I've spent a lot of time with that. And it, it really is an option to do. This is another thing. I teach a whole class about website development. How to get your business online is what the class is called. So you have three options there. You have option one, you do it yourself. You have option two, that you uh, hire somebody to do it. And then you have option three, which is a lot of what I like to do, which is a kind of a partnership between you and a web designer where you're the one who is responsible for doing a lot of the work, but you have a professional there to help you get over the humps. And I think that for people who are on like a really tight budget can be something that works pretty well is if you have that middle of the road option is another thing. And it's not something people always think about. They think either I need to do it myself or I need to hire somebody. But there is a mid-level area. And even if you hire somebody, I, I think you guys heard from both Kara and Phyllis, you have to be the one that contributes to the site. So when you're a photographer yeah. with websites, there are uh, quite a few options that you can choose from. And I think the first thing you have to take a deep look at is who are you serving and what do you want this website to do? If you are wanting to just serve for sales, in other words, you have your website out there so that you can get customers and they can find out about you, that's one solution. If you want to not only do that piece, but you want to provide a place where people can purchase their images or see images like you're a horse show photographer and you want to be able to have a gallery up that lasts for a little while. And we had a whole episode on event photography, and I'm not going to get into the parts of that. I think go back and listen to that episode because we do talk about this a bit. So that's a different requirement. And site A, which is just for sales, and site B, which is, well, let me rephrase that, which is for promotion and sales. So this is selling and site B, which is for selling images. And then if you do stock photography, that's a whole nother can of worms that you just got into. So those are three different websites. They serve three different purposes. They serve three different clients, basically. And you need to consider how do you want that to put that together. So in modern website world, you have a variety of choices for site A, which is your promotion or sales site. You have WordPress, you have Squarespace. So I use WordPress. I believe Phyllis is on WordPress. Kara, are you still on Squarespace? Did you stay with Squarespace or did you move? I'm on Squarespace, but I also use PhotoDeck and ShootProof. I mean, I use a couple other sites as well, but, but Squarespace is my main website. So this is a good example, I think, for everybody to know. So Kara uses Squarespace for her promotional website. She uses ShootProof yep, for your for proofing, website, yep. right? For your showing client images mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then yeah. you use PhotoDeck for your stock photography. Is that correct? Okay. 
So so each of those websites have different, I feel like have different benefits. And I do think that, or I don't think that it is essential for photographers to have all three of those. No. All of those different websites have features that I have liked and enjoyed and I have committed to using them. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't slim that down at some point when I was re- when I'm ready. So I have that's, the that's the thing you have to think about is, okay, so here you have a versatile photographer who says, I want to sell portraits to people and mentoring. I, I, have a, I have a need for a promotional website that covers those two things. Shoot proof and photo deck do not allow you the latitude to be able to build that the way you want it. But that website will right. not allow you the latitude to be able to show clients proofs. And you might be able to meld photo deck into doing your proof stuff, but shoot proof is probably an easier. It's set up just for those portrait clients that are wanting something specific. And then the stock photography people are wanting something else specific. So it requires all three of those things. And that's where photography website work gets a little bit more in depth than it does for just an average business out there. Because people do have, if that's something you're going to provide as an expectation for being able to, to provide proofs online or an online ordering system. So in my world, I use Zenfolio for my client image storage and ordering capabilities. And I use WordPress for my promotional site front door. So when people walk through the front door, that's what they get. But And it feels a lot like a seamless experience because the link to the client images is on the WordPress site. And I know Kara does this as well. There, It feels like a seamless experience to the person coming to the site. But we as photographers and, and people behind the scenes know that that is actually three different websites. So you have to ask yourself, again, the question is, is what do you want this website to be able to do and who are you serving and what do they need this website to be able to do? And the considerations and answers to those questions go way beyond what website software are you using. It basically boils down to what kind of a business model do you have for your photography? And I believe Kara is going to mention some names of some organizations like SmugMug and Zenfolio. And there's, there's a whole bunch of things out there for you to consider for those parts and pieces. But the overall is what I want to try to address. So Phyllis, you're using, are you still on WordPress? I think you were on WordPress the last time I looked. And are you moving to Squarespace or are you staying with WordPress? No, I'm staying with WordPress. Okay. And you don't have a third set of site, right? You don't have like another, you just have your WordPress site. You don't have like another site attached to that. Just on my fine art sales, it does link to uh, Fine Art America for that. That's it. Okay. So there's another option that you guys have as well is you have these third party sites that allow you to sell your stuff through their shopping cart so to speak. And that that could be a whole nother piece. If you're selling prints or things like that, that's another option. If you're a fine art photographer, you may have to have a solution for that. So that solution could be Fine Art America, which I believe does the printing and shipping and all of that kind of stuff for you. Like you just put your image up and they resell with their frames and that kind of thing, right? 
Yes, because I didn't want to have to fulfill any orders. I wanted somebody to do that for me. Okay. So if you're going to self-fulfill. And that's what they do. They take care of all that. Yep, they do. So if you want to self-fulfill as a photographer with a website, then you're going to need another option. So that could be, if you have a WordPress website, that could be WooCommerce. And I'm only mentioning these because I know they're not on Kara's list. But that could be WooCommerce, where you can put things in and check people out through your WordPress website, or you could have a Shopify website, or any of, there's a multitude of other e-commerce solutions. I happen to know that Shopify is particularly artist-friendly, so that's another option. But again, you would have the front end that would be your promotional site, and then if you're selling fine art, that could go on there. Sometimes you can meld your proofing website if you serve portrait clients or show clients with your fine art sales. In other words, you could use Zenfolio and have a specific portrait area where people are a specific area where people could buy fine art prints from one of the printers that serves Zenfolio. And I think it's important to mention that those places like Zenfolio and Smugbug and I don't know about the one that Kara uses. But they attach to printers who do photography printing and will take care of the fulfillment for you. You price your work, you put it in there, people can click, add it to the cart, it goes to the printer that you've chosen, then that printer gets the stuff together and sends it out. Okay, so all of that to say that in this process, what I find is people will struggle with one of three areas here. They either struggle with getting the content and the design together or content together for the site. They struggle with the design. How do I put all of these moving pieces together and how do I put it together in a way that fulfills the need of what I need to do? Or they have trouble with the technology, which is all of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And here's the thing I need you to understand as someone diving into this process or wanting to understand it better. Websites are hard. You were not born knowing how to do this, okay? So please let yourself off the hook for that. How well this process goes or how easy it goes depends on how well you can navigate those three topics of content, design, and technology. And if you're gonna struggle with one of those, be honest with yourself of which one you're gonna struggle with and work towards getting help in that particular area. There's Things as a photographer, if you're DIYing your website, that you need to make sure you look at. But I want to give you guys an opportunity. You have some great information here for people, and I've eaten up too much time. So I yield the floor to whoever wants to go next. I'm just going to say I'm a big fan of hiring a website designer. I'm a photographer. I am not a graphic designer. I am not a website designer. I haven't studied that. And I would rather instead of exerting my energy into trying to figure it out and create something, because I have done this before, I've created something that just didn't serve my business well, and it was kind of hobbled together. I would rather go out and work with someone that has spent the time and this is their specialty. Because I have found that instead of wasting my time and money and years on trying to hobble together a piecemeal website, that if I invest up front in getting someone to do it right the first time, that I can tweak over time, it has saved me so much just time and energy and heartache. 
So I'm a big fan of hiring someone to do this work. With that being said, I think that there's website designers out there that can fit various budgets. Do a little research. We have worked with some great website designers and we have some recommendations that we'll mention at some point before the end of the show. And we will definitely put their information in our show notes when this episode goes live. So just keep that in mind. There are some incredible people out there that can do this work for you. But the big thing is, like Kim mentioned, you have to know what your website is for and how you want it to function. And what I have found is that that has shifted for me over the years. So which is why I'm with different website hosting platforms, because my needs have shifted. And it is very difficult once you invest and saddle yourself to a site to transition to a different site. and. I have found that part of the reason I'm holding on to some of these sites is because I have a ton of images that are housed there. And for me to sit down and take the time to transfer all that is going to be a huge commitment. So this part of this can't be understated. The planning part of where you want your business to go and how you want to see your business grow. You have to think about that when you're choosing where you're going to house your website. So a couple things that I just want to mention, and then I'll let Phyllis take over, is when you're thinking about hiring a website designer, that you need to find somebody that will take the time to really understand your business. They can guide you through the process of really understanding what you need based on what your goals are. And I have really found the value of finding someone that really understands that every word on your website matters and that it can capture your voice and personality. And that was huge for me. So things that I think a website designer can help you with is that I wasn't expecting was they can do industry research. You know, they spend the time to look and see what's already out there, what your competitors are already doing, what other people in your field are already doing so that you can better position yourself within that industry or within your niche. They also have been very helpful for me in terms of basic SEO setup and giving me a ton of advice around that. They have helped with the flow of your website and overall design. So how does a customer or a consumer that's discovering you, how do they navigate comfortably through that site to keep them there so that they can learn what they need to learn? That has been huge for me. They can, of course, make website platform suggestions, And the other piece of that is if they're writing copy for you or you're writing copy, it's a second set of eyes that can go through. They can proof. They can look for errors. They can go through the website. They can make sure that, you know, you're using nice grammar. You know, your voice needs to be your voice, but it also has to look professional. So having, you know, misspellings on your website, links that don't work, this all sets you up to look less professional. There are some really great all-in-one type websites that are out there that are really geared towards photographers. I personally use Squarespace for my main website. I've used it for several years, and it works really seamlessly with some of the other work that I have out there. If you do decide you want to do a go-at-it-yourself route as a photographer, I would highly suggest grabbing a platform that is geared 100% to photographers. And that would be a site like Photo Shelter, Photo Deck, Smug Mug, Wix, Zenfolio, Pixie Set, Pixpa, Citus. There's so many options out there if you just do a, a Google search. But spend the time to actually look at the features. Make sure that that website will do what you need it to do. And then it'll grow with you. Because let me tell you, I have had growing pains where I have been at a site that just no longer served me and had to go through the work of navigating everything off of that site 
onto a new hosting platform. What do you think about that, Phyllis? I think you both made some really good, strong points. A lot of what I was going to talk about, you've already touched on, so I will I guess I'll touch on some of it again. But I really am a firm believer in every photographer having their own website. It doesn't matter whether you're a full-time photographer or just yeah. a, a hobbyist. I think having a website comes with a really big list of advantages. Number one is you get to display your images how you want. I think Instagram and Facebook are really great for sharing your work and getting your name out there. But you really have very little control over how your images are actually displayed. And with your own website, you can design the galleries just as you want your and, and show your images just as they're intended to be seen. Building your reputation solely using platforms that you do not control or own is a very bad idea. You're at the mercy of these platforms, social media platforms in this case, that could close your account for no reason, change the rules at the drop of a hat or, or drastically restrict how you reach your audience overnight. We know how about the algorithm and how much that changes daily, actually. And then, of course, things going from pushing video over photography and that kind of thing. So with your own website, you get to control your content how and where it's displayed, and for how long. You get to map out your content and how you want your visitor, your viewer, to journey through your website and to see the, the things that you offer. I think being able to share your story really matters, and you can do that way better on a website than you can on social media. Well, you can do it on social media too, but you may think that no, that people don't really care, but they really do. The content may vary depending on what your goal is with your photography. But share your work, blog about your journey, selling art or booking clients is all things that you may have a goal with. But getting your story out there and what brought you to this and what your goal is and how to help people is really important. And putting that on your website is really an important part of having a website. There's, of course, a lot of other advantages to having your own website. It will give you credibility. I mean, as Kim said before, like, that's the first thing I do when somebody says they're a photographer. I go check their website. If they don't have one, then to me, they're not a legit photographer. They don't have a legitimate business. So that will give you credibility for sure. It will also help you attract the people you want to work with and remove those you that are less than ideal clients from your viewing. Your website will help you to build an email list. Uh, you can use SEO to reach more people, as Kara said. You can also earn money with affiliate marketing through your website or blogs. I think these are some things I think that your website should include. Of course, portfolios, a really clear theme, a contact page, how people can get a hold of you, an about page. And this is one of my pet peeves is when you go to somebody's website and you can't figure out where they're based or where they're located. So that's a big I think that's really a big thing for me is to be sure people that know where you're located. I think you should do a blog. That's really important. Testimonials or social proof as I think I think y'all have had a had a really good episode on social proof on your business animal podcast, haven't you? Yeah, we have a couple of them that are that are really good to check out over there. So I think having testimonials of past clients is really important. Uh you can do links to your social media accounts. I have I think Everybody here probably has a even a at the bottom of mine, it scrolls my Instagram feed as well. And you can even have a link to do a freebie to entice, entice followers to sign up for your email list. I think, Kara, you've got a few other things you might want to think about including too, don't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. I looked at your list and I was in my mind, I was thinking back to some conversations that Kim and I have had over on the business animal. 
And there are a couple other things that you could consider when you are thinking about putting your website together. I think having good copy, which I mentioned when I was speaking earlier, is really important. And it's got to include the terminology that your potential customer would actually use. So not just industry standard language, you need to be thinking about language that people would be using when they're searching for you. So we might say equine photographer all of the time, but people might say the term, they might look for horse photographer or horse photography or horse photos. So thinking about using other words on your website, so not just that industry standard language. I think your websites that have some good storytelling, and I think it needs to have a call to action. You can include an opt-in offer, like, you know, on Phyllis's page, she's working, she has a great opt-in offer to teach photographers how to shoot at golden hour. So thinking about ways that you can pull in people and get them on your mailing list. It should have, if possible, you can have an FAQ section. If there are questions that people are always coming to you and they are asking you over and over and over again, having an FAQs page, a frequently asked questions page, is a great way to direct them back to your website. So think about that. And yeah, Phyllis, you mentioned the location thing. It drives me crazy when I need somebody specifically in my area and I can't find them. So being able to have someone search and find you based on your location, unless you're someone that serves clients, you know, nationwide or internationally, like having that location is a big deal to me anyway. Also, you need to have a secure site. And if you're selling, you need to have a secure checkout process. Um, nothing will turn me off more than when I go to a website and I get that message saying that the site's not secure. I'm usually going to navigate right away. I get enough spam, enough issues with viruses. There's all this stuff out there. It's like if the site's not secure, I'm, I'm checking out and I'm definitely not putting my credit card information to buy something from you. Well, I think, Kim, you can answer this, but don't you open yourself up for a lawsuit if you don't have a secure site? I mean, how does that work? It depends. I mean, and you're taking money? Well, first of all, if you're taking money off of your website and not through a credit card provider, yes, you're open to a lawsuit. Most of the time when you add e-commerce, it kind of is built into the package. It's not processed off of your website. It's processed off of that processor's website, which has the additional security to take things like credit card numbers. The information that we want to protect securely on our own websites is contact information. So if you have a form on your website where somebody puts in their name and email address, hackers can get a hold of that unless it's encoded. And security basically means that in the process of sending it from your site through the internet and sending it to wherever it's going, then that information is encoded so that hackers can't get a hold of it. So it's encoded when it leaves your site and it's encoded when it arrives at the other site and then gets translated so you can see it. I do want to address the security thing a little bit tighter because that's some place that if you if you are DIYing this, if you don't have a person who can help you through it, the secure certificates can be super confusing. So it's an SSL certificate is what you need. And a lot of companies will misnomer sell this to you if you're doing a WordPress website. They'll sell you website security and it's not the same thing. You need to have an SSL certificate. That's what gives you the little lock and allows you to use the HTTPS instead of the HTTP. The lock is really important because the lock is what Google is going to look for in referring your site. And it's also going to avoid that that hideous browser message that says you've entered a site that is insecure. 
And it's not necessarily that those sites are bad or going to be malicious to your computer, but they aren't encoded. So any information you enter there can be stolen by hackers and open you up to spam. So that's as a consumer, as a website owner, you want to make sure that your customers feel as comfortable as possible using your site. So you do need to have an SSL certificate installed so that 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 little lock appears and so the encoding happens. As far as the credit card information, if you're using that third-party company, then you're covered with them. They're the ones that are taking that extra layer of protection. They're the ones that are taking the card number. It Generally, the checkout happens on their site, not on yours. So that's the key there. I also want to go back and mention what Phyllis talked about, about doing blogs. She said it's important to do blogs, but I want to tell you why it's important to do blogs. The way Google indexes your website is that it indexes it based on about 200 different factors in how you rank. And one of the factors that it utilizes is how fresh is the content on your site? In other words, how new or pertinent is that information? And I think so many people think that Google just finds your homepage. Like they think that they people type in a search string and that's where the searcher ends up is in the homepage. It's not always the case. Now, for a photographer, you guys are going to have a lot more that land on the homepage than some other types of businesses. But in all honesty, SEO comes in through your blog. It generally people get referred to a sub page on your website because people don't generally search for just one word. They search for a phrase and then Google will take them to wherever that phrase is mentioned. So if you're a local photographer, you want to build a page out that says, if you're Kara, horse photography in Florida, in whatever, St. Augustine, Florida. If you have a page that says that, then you mention it. I forget where you live, Kara. St. Augustine, you're right. St. Augustine. (laughs) It's really important to have that information in that page because that's how Google is going to search for it because the searcher is going to go either find a horse photographer near me or find a horse photographer in St. Augustine, Florida. And that's how people come in through the side door through SEO. They don't very often come in through the front door. And that's why having a blog is important because you get so much more information through that. If you are interested in these things and learning more about DIYing them, and and yes, hire someone to help you if that's something that you can do. If you're dead set on doing this yourself, get a lot of education around it. But also, even if you're hiring somebody, it's really good to know some of these things. And I don't mean to uh, to plug us too much on the business animal from this podcast, but we've done a lot of this. Kara and I celebrated 100 episodes on that podcast, and we have so much gold that we've poured into there. She just put up a thing that says business animal episode 88, does your website suck? And so we talk a lot about these things there. We've talked about a lot of other things around website, like blog development, serialized content. There's a ton of gold over there if you want to pop over and listen. And we're occasionally very entertaining. So I'm not going to say that in the middle of the episode, you're not going to have a good chuckle, but you will get some valuable information from that podcast on a lot of these topics. Okay, so we did promise that we would tell people who we've used and just throw some names out there for people to start their research. My dogs are speaking up loudly. 
Kim has worked on a lot of our episodes and she is not looking for new website clients. So I have used Denise at Storm Lily Marketing. And I know, Phyllis, you've worked with Denise a lot as well. I have also used Meredith at Meredith Davis Designs. And I've recommended to some folks Teresa over at Cowgirl Media. So you guys can find her online as well. Give her a little shout out. And I will make sure that when we post this episode that I drop those links into our show notes so that folks can just click through and really do some work to decide maybe one of these folks are right for them to help them grow their, develop their website, or maybe um, it'll get them started on the quest to find the right person for them. Absolutely. And I did promise one other thing. I need to just say that I did promise you I would give you one other photographer. Like, please don't do this. Photographers have a really bad habit when they DI their why their website that they make their images too darn heavy in weight. So in resolution, because they feel like, oh, I can put a high resolution image on my website. That slows your website down so much that those of us with really bad internet in the world, and believe it or not, there's more of us than you think, that we can't get your website to load. So please, if you're going to DIY this, make your images lighter, like less kilobytes. It need the, Your images need to be under 300 KB, not 300 megabytes. So just a just one more tip. And then I think Phyllis has something she wants to add before we let you guys all go today. Yeah, I just want to add, and only because I have past experience with this, is I did have someone try to hack into my website. And I think having some kind of, you can talk more about this, Kim, than I can, because all I did was go in and pay. I am hosted by GoDaddy, so I immediately contacted them. They were great. They took care of the issue. And I did have to pay for extra security. But at least I had someone that was there that had great customer service and got back with me and took care of it or else I may not have my present website any longer. So because it could have been hacked and Lord knows what it I mean, it when you would go to my website, it would actually go to an ordering page for erectile dysfunction or something, you know. (laughs) And so uh, luckily (laughs) somebody saw that and I was immediately able to fix it that day. So think about that. That's something that, you know, you don't want to be selling ED for people, you know, ED remedies. So that could be There's worse. so many. <laughs> Hackers just like have way too much time on their hands and they do crazy stuff. I had a client whose website was hacked by the Germans, by the Russians and by some other organization. And they were mining Bitcoin, selling Viagra. It was just not mm-hmm. a good thing. But that's different than an SSL certificate. What I want to clarify Mm -hmm. is SSL is encoding the information that goes from your site to somewhere else. A security system is something that scans your site for malware. WordPress websites happen to be very vulnerable to this because they're the most popular way to develop a website for all businesses, not just photography. Everybody has a WordPress website. And so hackers get more bang for their buck by hacking WordPress sites because there's a lot of them and they can do things like mining Bitcoin. Now, how that happens, I have no idea. But the bottom line to it is, is if you're going to have a WordPress site, most hosting companies sell a service that's, you know, like a managed WordPress service if it's a WordPress site. Most managed WordPress services come with at least a low layer of being able to do malware and virus removal, or at least checking. 
I recommend that you do the higher level of those programs rather than cheap level because you do get that service. And here's your motivation for spending the extra, I don't know, $4 a month or something, which adds up to 50 or 60 a year. I had a client who did not do that. Her site got hacked and it costs us close to $5,000 to pay a developer to be able to recoup the site. And And the site was down for a week. So that's what you're looking at at the end of things if you don't slide some security money towards these companies. Do check and make sure if you're hosting the site yourself, do make sure with them that it's covered for both scanning and removal. So that the removal part is what they'll charge you for. And there's some hosting companies that are pretty sly about this. I use GoDaddy a lot. I use WP Engine a lot. I use another organization called Kinsta. All three of those seem to be pretty above board. GoDaddy is going to be the one who tries to get you to buy the most little extra things. The other two companies are very much into WordPress hosting only, and they're very, very good. So choose wisely when you're choosing a host and make sure you do. Phyllis is right. You you don't want to wake up some morning to a client telling you your site is going to uh, sell erectile dysfunction medication. Talk about how your priorities for the day totally change in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, is that ever true. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, I think we have given folks more than enough to think about today in terms of creating or developing or updating their websites as a photographer. And hopefully there's little tidbits they can pull from this and they can get started on their journey, whatever that looks like for them. Just a reminder, if you are interested in more information and you want to make sure that your website doesn't suck, head over to the Business Animal Podcast and check out episode number 88. Also, you can learn a lot more about Cowgirls with Cameras. We have a website, cowgirlswithcameras.com. You can also join the party over on Instagram and Facebook at Cowgirls with Cameras. We have a ton of awesome events coming up. We would love to shoot with you guys. So definitely head over to our events page. We can see you in sunny Florida in the spring. We can see you out west in Montana, Wyoming. We have a lot of awesome events coming up. And for this week's, we do have a photo challenge. So thank you to everyone who has been participating. We see you. Hopefully we're doing a good job of sharing your images on our stories over on Instagram. But if you want to participate in this week's photo challenge, use hashtag CWC photo challenge. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of you out there that are only tagging cowgirls with cameras. You have to use the CWC photo challenge or I won't know that you're in the photo challenge. This topic is favorite winter image. So we're in the winter. We want to see your snowy pictures. If you're in Florida like me, what does Florida look like in this, you know, in the winter? So share your favorite winter image. And don't forget, you've got to use that hashtag CWC photo challenge. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And for those of you that we will see in Arizona next week, we're looking forward to it. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.